Hey, profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum of Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold. I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy. On today's show, we have a very special guest, alumni board president, extraordinaire and so much more Gina Lamanowitz Pozlowski never heard of her (laughs) stop it class of 2003 we know her pretty well we know her very well we have some shared roots of the radio station obviously working in the alumni office I'm very familiar with Gina as a very active alum I was connected to to her when she was a student here I didn't okay so I didn't know that you were connected to her as a student so that's kind of a a fun little tidbit tidbit that we discuss But we also discuss so much more than there. We do talk a lot about Rowan in this interview because it's such a big part of Gina's life. But we also talk a lot about Gina's extracurricular activities, which include travel, yoga, nonprofit. I mean, she is so busy and fun and has so many areas of interest that she gives back to. So we're just so grateful that she gives us time and that she was here with us today. So, Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Gina, is a, you're a big deal here on campus, and we're <laughs> going to uncover many things about you and share that with the listeners, because we, we know you pretty well. Yes, very well. So, Jess and I have known you for a couple of years, but we're going to act like we don't know you. Okay. And That's that, going to be really hard. I know. Yeah. But we don't know about like her spelunking and her tours that she does. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Well, but, she's a lady of, of many uh, missions. I'm a Renaissance like. woman, so yes. you know. You are, but you, tra- you do travel a lot. So. I do, yes. We know a little bit of background about yourself, but I, one of the things that I do know about you is Rowan was not your first school. No, it was not. It was actually Seton Hall University, which also has a radio uh, station there. And uh, I Were was you on, on Pirate Radio? I was, but it was a definitely a different experience there than it was here. There wasn't a lot of, um, at least as a freshman, there wasn't a lot of, I was basically like a glorified intern, <laughs> lack of a better word. Did they not, what, you couldn't go on air? No, no, I answered Ever? phones. I mean, I don't know eventually. I didn't last that long there to ever find out. But no, I, I just like answered phones. It was, I mean, I get it, it was a, it was a major market and it was like, comparable to some of the bigger stations in New York. So it was it was more of a mm, pseudo alumni student, but more kind of professional, I guess, professional, if you want to say that. But I actually learned much more and had a much better experience here at WGLS. And I'm glad that I ended up here instead of there. <laughs> but it was uh, your unique circumstance that brought you to Rowan. Yeah. So I was um, at Seton Hall at the beginning of spring semester of 2000 when the um, fire happened in the dorm rooms there and that was actually my dorm so yeah it was pretty pretty tragic and upsetting and I just didn't feel comfortable living back on campus back then they didn't have requirements that dorms have sprinklers and that was what sort of precipitated that whole thing but they wouldn't guarantee that going back into the spring semester after the fire so I said you know I, I need to 
need to just move on. I wasn't exactly the happiest there anyway. So I um, I never applied to Rowan. I tell this to a lot of people because they're so surprised because I am so uh, pro Rowan and such a, a fan of the university. But uh, it was close to home and I lived grew up about 20 minutes away so I didn't apply and so I just took classes here for classes for spring semester uh, meet up uh, some classes at the county college in the summer and then I went and applied and became a full-time student my fall of my sophomore year so that's sort of how I ended up here but you know honestly one of the first things I did when I came to Rowan and was looking at it as a possible school was come to the radio station because you know, I had done it at Seton Hall, and I wanted to stay involved. Um, I like I'm the type of person like stay involved, and I knew I was going to be a communications major, even if I transferred here. There were so many people that were so welcoming here. Our former general manager Frank Hogan, current general manager, station manager Derek Jones, and of course uh, Mr. Lightfoot here. He <laughs> <laughs> I happened to train Gina. He did. You yeah. did. I did. I trained I Gina. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow, connecting the dots. Yeah. So being in the radio station is a very familiar place for you, but you said you were a little. It's, you're not used to being on like the interview side of the mic. You've been no, I'm really nervous, and I, I between my professional and my um, I'm getting sweating here. I'm pulling up my sleeves. Um, <laughs> between my professional and my volunteer career here at Rowan, I've probably done thousands of interviews, and I don't get interviewed very often. So this is a, a weird feeling for me. I don't know. I'm usually the one prepared, asking the questions. I don't. Well, we're not that prepared, <laughs> no. so don't worry. I mean, like, look at my paper. I got nothing on here. Yeah. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Just you're... take some notes. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> you're in good shape. So how long were you at the station before you started to get like really? really involved what roles and responsibilities did you take on here uh well I started at the station um I, I guess it was my spring semester of my sophomore year I trained so that would have been in 2001 the spring semester of 2001 and that's when Rob trained me and then I passed my station test a little and I guess maybe a few months later and then back then I don't know what the rules are now but you had to do a daytime show before you could do a specialty show however they needed some people in the summer to do some some programming on the weekends so I did a jazz show there did my daytime shift and then I um, eventually took over the Sunday Broadway show which I have now been hosting for 22 years that's no, so wild years, something that like wild. that it's wild that I wanted to get up at 6 a.m. as a uh, college student and I still do it now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you build a base up. There's a lot of people that listen to the show now. There are. So it's like a great family that you've grown up with. And it's really cool. I get requests and you know text messages or phone calls from people who have been listening for 20 or so years or like kids who I had this one little girl who would call in and, and request and she always requested the same like Disney shows and whatnot. And she was probably eight or nine years old when she started. And I heard from her about five years ago and she was graduating college. And oh I'm like, what? that's cool. That's yeah. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of fun. And then while I was here, I also was the traffic director scheduling all of the grants, the air and the, the public service announcements and all that kind of stuff. All the, the business side, I guess, if you can say. The air oh, traffic. The air yeah, traffic, yeah, yes. The air tra and but not the, the <laughs> yeah, it's still confusing when yeah, you say air traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not landing any planes or anything. But yeah, I did that for uh, one or two years, I think. And so I was, yeah, and I, I never really left. I did take one year off. My friend who went to Rowan um, took over the Broadway show for one year right after I graduated as I was trying to like figure out career and living situations. And then, because she was a year younger than me, when she graduated, I came back and I've been pretty much doing it ever since. Ever since you make the best of your time here, because occasionally when it's warmer out, at least you'll stay back and get a run in or beforehand. Or like, what's your schedule? Then? Oh, no, you, you enjoy after. running. I do enjoy running. Um, but no, it, the runnings are deaf. I'm not a morning runner, so definitely not running at 6 a.m. Uh, so I get done my shift at, at 10. So then I'll go for a nice little three mile uh, run around campus. Or if I need to go on a longer run, I'll head over to 
Pittman area. You're <laughs> you practicing know. for that 5K all year. I am. I am. Actually, I've been out of running shape recently, so I haven't. I've been getting back into running shape just for the 5K, so that I don't embarrass myself. And, yeah. Well, yeah. it's colder out, so it's hard to do. So I'm a little fluffier than I want to be, too. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you call Gina fluffy? No, I mean, I'm, 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 Let's talk about that cheese board. Okay. So let's go back to your, your, your college years and uh, tell us about sort of your career trajectory uh, post-Rowan. So I was a communications journalism major here, and I, and I did love my experience in the College of Communication. Um, I loved writing, but after four years, I just felt like it was not – 100% what I wanted to do career-wise. I kind of wanted to stay close to home. And in the, a lot of the communications fields, you really do have to travel all over the country to get uh, your name out there. So I was a law and justice minor. So I decided to go more the law and justice uh, route. And um, I started interning with um, the state of New Jersey as an uh, investigative intern between my sophomore and my junior year. And I pretty much stayed on and then just got a full-time job as an investigator um, with the state. And I've been doing that for... 22 years almost in may so you're yeah. constantly watching like la law growing up yeah i was always a big like crime show and it's funny because i watch them now and like i'd sit there and pick apart everything that's wrong about <laughs> those shows and what they what they portray versus what they actually do but i've had an interesting career of investigating all kinds of different civil you know civil violations everything from uh, insurance fraud to um you know uh sort of the inspector general type realm also now i i uh I'm currently investigating some people who are not very, um, not very uh, law abiding in their in their practice of law. So, oh. um, yeah. So I I kind of do uh, I do a bunch of different um, a bunch of different things over the years. But I always felt like my communications degree was really vital to what I do professionally because finding the story, you know, getting the who, what, where, when, why, and how of journalism is pretty much what I do as an investigator, just sort of in a different realm. Um, so Rowan definitely prepared me for that. And my experience here at the radio station, as we said before, I've, I've done interviews um, where I was the uh, interviewer uh, and that actually really helped me prepare for my, my current career as well um, throughout the years. So I, I can't say enough about my Rowan education. It was um, definitely the best choice I made to come here. Unfortunately, it was a tragic, um, you know, incident that it led to me coming here. But I'm glad that's where I ended up. Did you ever live on campus or did you commute while you were here? While I was here, I commuted. I, um, yeah, I, I it, at first, obviously, un understandably, I was a little apprehensive about living on campus after my Seton Hall experience. And by the time I felt comfortable living on campus again, I was pretty much probably a junior, and I just decided to go the the route the route of uh, um, using that extra funding to get my graduate degree rather than um, stay on campus because I had so many friends here. I would you know stay with them in their apartments or you know come to different events anyway. So for me, I didn't I didn't need to live here every single day in order to feel like I was part of something, part of an organization, and I only lived twenty minutes away. So. so as a fellow commuter, parking lot A, oh yeah, was mm -hmm. was huge for for mm -hmm. for us and. For the alums listening to the show now, parking lot A is no longer. I mean, no. it's, I guess well, it's, it's mini. It's still A. It's Do you a, know that? But it's not. Is yeah. it really? Yeah, it's A and A one. The biz. That's the business lot yeah. now. Yeah, that's A and A one. So it's still A. It's, it's just a, like a mini. It's, a, it's like a lowercase A now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before it was even hard to get in there. Before there was oh, a, yeah. like a size of a mall parking lot, and most of the commuter students would park mm -hmm. there. Yeah, and you had to like stalk people to go to their car. And I, I that is actually a great skill I learned here at Rowan is how to find a good parking spot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so along those lines, can I tell a quick story? This is probably going to like put me on some of your radars at, at the in the law department. <laughs> uh -oh. But what I would do is I would get here early before campus, and if I found a student that would come out on a trend, I would write down 
the car, Stop. the color. What are you and their license plate. I wanted to get their spaces. I needed to see the space. So I figured, <laughs> all right, this cat's leaving at 11.15 every day, or every Tuesday and Thursday when I needed spots. I would look for that car up and down. And while everybody else was hunting like sharks, you I would just, just for look that for that car. That's actually really smart. What if the kid wanted to like get lunch or something that day? <laughs> well, then I was like, out of a parking screwed. spot for a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he was just using statistics to right. find the best possible parking spot. It's analytics, baby. That's I all know. it is. And then, uh, you know, if, and then if A was full, you had to go park by the railroad tracks. Yes. I don't know. Is there? I think there's a lot there now. I'm, I'm sure you'll probably ask me about this, but I am also now a teacher at Rowan. And I was just telling my students about that. I said, you know, I was telling them about how it was sort of when I was on campus and there was no, there was not even a, a coffee stand in the pit. And now they got like Starbucks mm-hmm. and like all I'm like, you guys don't know how good you have it here. <laughs> and three renovations. There's been three uh, student center renovations inside that cafeteria yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So now you teach at Rome. What, what class yeah. do you teach? I teach white collar crime in the law and justice department. And then you're also very involved in various opportunities with the Alumni Association. Yeah. So I'm, I'm currently the president of the alumni board. I've been doing that for about, I guess, a year and a half now. It's my last term. Um, but I've been on the board since 2016. So yeah, I'm just pretty much rowing all the time. <laughs> Yeah, Gina's kind of like a star alum. Like she, she gives back. She attends events. She volunteers. So it was like when she applied for the alumni board, it was like, "Hello, how do we not get Gina on the alumni board? She's incredible and does so many awesome things." Why did you choose to stay so involved with with Rowan? Um, well, I will say honestly, when I first graduated, I didn't really stay that involved, and that's something I, I sort of regret now. But I think it was sort of needed. I needed a little bit of a break from because um, I was involved as a student. Um, but when I came back, I just wanted to um, give back so much to Rowan um, that I felt like they gave to me. I when I came here, like I said before, it was kind of really scary time in my life. I had just had a really traumatic event in my previous college and I was coming to a new college where I didn't know anybody. All of my friends from high school were now going away to college and not home. So I didn't really have any friends um, that were, you know, accessible. And um, I was just so welcomed here. And I felt like it was, you know, just something that I had to do when I when I could. So I knew someday I'd be able to, you know, financially support the university and support the university with my time. And so when I was able to finally do that and had some extra um, extra time and I had the ability to to give back, I just wanted to get involved. And um, I still kind of do that. I do that. It's, I'm kind of sad. I'm, I'm one more year on the board. I, I'm sure I'll end up back on the board sometime uh, in the future. Kind of sad. It's, it's ending in the next year and a half or so um, and that my presidency is ending. But I hope hopefully that I made a difference and uh, that, you know, I've, I think we have a great, a great board and um, a great leadership team that will take over. This is an exciting time to be part of Rowan. There's so much going on. There's so much growth. Dr. Hushman has such a vision for the university. So, like, I don't know why anyone would want to get involved, especially <laughs> alumni. So. But in Charles, your husband yes. is also an alum. He and is an alum. You talk about giving back. We had a great meeting that you have a scholarship with mm-hmm. us for a student. You want to talk about? Yeah, sure. I just started a scholarship with my husband last year for the Law and Justice Department. Uh, he was a Law and Justice major. I, of course, was a minor, and he was a first generation college student. Um, so he really wanted to make sure there was an emphasis on that. And I will say, he was my first recruit to come to Rowan University. I was here. He had gone part time. He was. Um, a, various different schools but he had gone part-time because he had to work full-time and so when he I was a senior when he 
was accepted into Rowan. So we only crossed paths on Rowan's campus for about a semester. Yeah, he, he had a great experience here too. He was involved in Rowan EMS. He felt the same way as I did about being able to give back. Um, we're at a point of our lives where we can afford to do that. I was fortunate enough to have great opportunity for my parents set forth with me by you know helping me and paid for my college education. And I know that some people don't have that uh, ability, have to work um, full time and or um, may not choose to go to college just because they can't afford it. And I don't think that should be um, something that we have to, you know, we have to talk about without giving people options. And so we decided to go set forth this uh, scholarship and we met our recipient the other night and she's amazing and a hard worker and a really good student has some great goals in life. So it's it like it makes my heart feel good to, to know that someone who, you know, is really trying and really wants to make something of herself and is very obviously very dedicated it can can i can help that person so i'm sure we will expand upon in the future but uh i love i love giving back we just had a rowan gives day um a couple days ago and the rowan day of giving is always a is a good time to re- remember to give back to the university but with a scholarship we're able to do that continuously you know throughout the year so and there was so much yes there was so much overlap because i was in the meeting with the student <laughs> With your story and the student story, the student yes. had gone. Was she to like Seton, a mini Gina had been to Seton yeah, Hall. She went to wow. Seton Hall. She was a transfer student in too. your building. Lived in yeah, your building. Yeah, she lived in my same dorm building. That the overlap was crazy. Were you like, this is weird. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, like, that's talking to yourself, right? Yeah. And, and that when we got the letter about you know her background and everything after we started the scholarship, I'm like, this is, you know, this is. I don't want to say everything happens for a reason because there's sometimes there's a lot of bad things that happen. So maybe not a reason but there's like a purpose in life and my purpose i guess was to come here and and now be able to give back to a student who had a very similar situation to me in the sense of just not happy there had some family issues she had to come home for but now she loves it here and she's doing really well so it was a weird it was definitely weird but i think there's definitely some fate in there as well (laughs) yeah what do you believe to be your greatest accomplishment as alumni board president or something that about your terms Hmm. or your time on the board that you'll look back on and be grateful for well it was kind of a kind of a hard uh term uh as president and also on the board because this happened a lot during a lot of this the term uh, half the term as well as the um half of my board term pretty much happened during covid so we weren't able to connect with people as much in person obviously as we would have wanted to alumni do on-campus um events where we can give back to um, students and and student organizations. But I also think it taught us a lot about how we can um, pivot and still have connection with alumni and with students, even if we can't physically be with them. And so I think it was just, I think if I want to say my greatest accomplishment was just communication, keeping that communication open between the board members and the alumni engagement office and the rest of the university. Um, And of course, students while still, you know, having to deal with some of the the challenges that a pandemic brings. Um, And hopefully now that we are are out of this pandemic and, um, you know, people are able to engage more in person, that will come back to be sort of our primary way of doing things. But it's great to know we can do things remote. I mean, how many more alums can we now reach that we didn't even think we didn't think about doing virtual events in a a Mm -hmm. way that we do now. And now, so there's people who can't make it down to Glassboro, you know, on a regular basis or for certain events, but they can engage in other ways. And I think that's a, what's something that we all learned a lot through the pandemic. And hopefully that line, those lines of communications, you know, through all the departments, the engagement office, as well as um, the students can remain open as we forward as a, as a board. And I, like I said, I think we have a great leadership team. Um, I think the, the leadership team that will take over when I am no longer president will be great. I think um, we have some interested alums that 
want to be part of the board. Hopefully we have our recruiting process right now. So hopefully we'll get some uh, additional members for next year and we'll just continue to to bridge the gap between the university and, and the alumni. Now, if I know anything about Gina, now she's going to have all this extra free time. I know. What are you going to do? She's going to fill with something. Oh, well, yeah. She's got, we haven't even touched base on like some of the things Gina already fills her free time with. Well, that's what I have written down over here. <laughs> My non-relevant so, like, stuff. So yeah. let, let's talk about that because here's the thing. is like Jess and I talk about this a couple of times. We're like, is this like the funnest crew ever? Is that? Is this not the fun, most fun crew? I don't know what the proper English is there. What, what do you mean? Like us? I don't even know if no, I'm following her no, English. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what are you saying? No, is this, I'm saying Gina and Charles are like the most fun oh, crew no. to follow. Oh, for sure. Are for they sure. not like the most fun crew to follow yes, online? Yes. Yeah, you, well, they're always adventuring. They're always so, adventuring. And yeah. like, it's like, I live oh, vicariously through them. I'm like, oh, where are Gina and Charles this week? Yeah. This week, yeah. Like today, you're in Glassboro. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I get excited when I go to Ben Salem. <laughs> but they turn the corner and she's, I don't know, you're RVing somewhere Tennessee in some Tennessee. Or, or yeah. Like well, I, we do like to travel. We have an RV we purchased during the pandemic. So um, right now it's still a little too cold to bring that out of uh, hiber- winter hibernation. But do RVs hibernate? Yeah, you have to winterize <laughs> them. You can't. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, you have to you have to properly winterize it so that you don't have um, your water lines don't freeze and That's possibly okay. burst Note to sell. during the winter. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> guess if you, li- if you live in Florida or something that doesn't get really cold, obviously, then you'd. RV. <laughs> then you don't have to do that. But obviously living in New Jersey, we have to do that. So we have some possible national parks we want to hit this year. Um, maybe the Balloon Festival in New Mexico a little later in the fall. I don't know. We haven't really... But where have you been, though? You've been a pretty... Oh, we've been pretty... a lot of... We put... Yeah, we put a lot of miles on the on the RV the first couple of years we had. We've been... Um, I guess the farthest place we've been in, in our in our own RV. We rented one a couple um, times before we bought one. But I guess in our own RV has been Utah. So that's, that's a good hike. That's a good 4,000 mile Love you know, trip yeah 5,000 mile trip what, how do you guys navigate that like are you splitting time <laughs> driving it do you like driving that thing it, it, it it's a good lesson in marriage therapy I'll tell you that much <laughs> yes yeah, so you really have to like somebody to drive to like that far with somebody yeah and I th- mean I love Brian but you know, I always say like we love each other, but I don't think we could work together because we're di- we're very different personalities in that way. So like to get in an RV or view someone and just you know go hours and days and days and days like it's definitely a uh, a lesson in patience. Charles has much more patience than me. I will 100% give that to him. So he probably makes more concessions than I do in that sense of being with somebody um, for you know 14, 15 continuous days in a 35 foot RV. But yeah, I do drive it. I drive a lot for work, and I have over the years. So I don't really love driving. He kind of enjoys driving. So he takes I would say it's about 60%. I to drive about 40%. But that was one of the main factors we thought about before we bought the RV. Was like, would I feel comfortable driving this 35 foot monster yeah, on the <laughs> yeah? It's pretty big. It's not yeah. And then if you and trying to park that thing is not easy either. So uh, that's um that's always something we have to to take into consideration. But we've had some we've had some interesting uh adventures we ended up in so on some guy's ranch in wyoming with like when they say that it was a highway i can't explain it to anyone that's never really like if you've lived your whole life in the northeast you don't understand what they mean by a highway in the middle of wyoming it's kind of like what we would consider an impassable dirt road <laughs> is oh. a highway yeah are you in somebody's driveway by accident? Were you um, loitering? <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a driveway, like to the point of we took a wrong turn and I was using an old school map and apparently um, because you don't What's have... A, wait, yeah. Rewind. Well, Why I, are you using a map? Because you, don't have, GPS. because you don't have GPS. You don't have cell service. What? And so... Is that a thing? <laughs> we did, at the time, this was one of our first trips. What do you speak of? <laughs> we didn't have... Um, we didn't have the RV uh, GPS maps that we have now. We obviously purchased them when we 
bought the RV, but this was our first trip and we had no um, cell service and pretty much did not know where we were. We took a wrong turn and we were on a road that apparently just was never finished. Oh. So it was on my it was on my paper map. But um, yeah, did we didn't we, we we ended up on some guy's ranch and it, I've never been so happy to see to see a guy show up in a pickup truck in my whole life. And I knew that Charles was a little nervous about this point about where we were because he never asked for directions and he was like, oh God, we got to ask this guy for directions. <laughs> was the guy nice? Oh, he was super nice. Okay. Oh, so he actually took us through his ranch to get us like, back. Get off of my ranch. <laughs> <laughs> to get us back. Oh, that's how people in Wyoming sound. <laughs> I don't know what they sound like. He took us to uh, through his ranch to get back onto this so-called highway because in order for us to turn around, like it was tough terrain anyway he said it would probably have taken us three hours to turn <gasps> around to go back to the road so that's when i say we're in the middle of nowhere that was wow and there was apparently a creek crossing that we, he wasn't think we were going to make a creek is that a, like a creek i think it's a, <laughs> is that like dawson's creek yeah i don't know what <laughs> is that, is it's that, a creek yeah okay. <laughs> that's how they say it in wyoming that's <laughs> okay. that's a legit way right, they say it good to know good to know in case i'm there i want to fit in <laughs> yeah i can see you going there i can see brian going there i can't yeah see you oh going there. he always i think john mayer lived in wyoming for quite a bit of there's time. a reason enough to go so, right? yeah so i'll be there but yeah the, like no my no i love the open sky country so i would go out there yeah yeah brian would love to go out there that's something like i think we would like to do is maybe the boys get bigger's kind of vacation like that right now it's just like disney and then vacations (laughs) to a beach without them so we can sleep so yeah Yeah, not much for little kids to do out in the middle of no 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 and i'm not gonna put very little kids in an rv and drive that many hours talk about driving each other nutty Uh, that would be so fun i don't know it's it's you'd be amazed how much um of like normal life you can fit into a 35 foot RV. But yeah, like what are you doing when Charles yeah, is driving all that, that time? Like, I'd be eating. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, we always have snacks. I'm usually in the in the uh, passenger seat because I get a little car sick when uh-huh. I'm like sitting at the dining room table okay. or on the sofa. So all the benefits of having the RV and you're still sitting. I mean, I can lay down, but I get a, if I'm like going to read or something, I have to sit in the, so I, I'll, we'll listen to music. I'll, I'll read. Um, just enjoy like the scenery, depending on where we are. It's we, we had done a lot of traveling in Europe and um, in other places on cruises and whatnot. And, you know, during the pandemic, we we're like, well, we can't really go to those places. We want to see we want to see America. We just thought it would be during retirement. But honestly, I'm glad we did it. We, we did it now. So we have the opportunity to see um, so much of America that we didn't know existed. I have my goal is to hit 50 states before I turn 50. But currently I'm at 45 and I'm only 42. So oh, I think you're, you're a good shape. Wait, where have, have you not been? Idaho. Oklahoma, New Mexico, Montana, and North Dakota. We can do it in two trips. We were looking to go to, to New Mexico at some point for the balloon festival. That would hit Oklahoma and New Mexico because that's a, obviously the southern trek. And then, do you count if you just drive through, or do you have to have like you have to do something? Okay, so, so like, like does like eating, eating, count? or okay. like going like we went with, we went through Kansas and we went to the Oz Museum in Kansas, which is like a museum about all things Oz. Everything that sounds awful. <laughs> Do you well, have a fear I of can't that? stand that movie. Oh, oh wow. well, Such I do host a Broadway list. show. So oh, I mean, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Oz like the HBO special, maybe. That's <laughs> no, no, it definitely wasn't about that. Everything from The Wizard of Oz to all the The Wiz and Wicked and all the remakes of it throughout there. So it was kind of cool. It was exactly what you would expect in the middle of of Kansas. So we did that, but we didn't stay in Kansas. So I would count that Kansas. Okay, fair. Now the big challenge would be to get the RV to Hawaii. Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. was, you had to put that on a. On a, a ferry, ferry. I don't know if that's even a thing. But yeah, I have I been to. I have been to uh, Hawaii um, previously, so via a plane. So we don't. So that, Alaska and Hawaii are obviously knocked off the list. They're the hard. I think the hardest ones to do. So maybe we'll hit the the northern ones. But let's talk about your international travel because that's what I <laughs> get. She's well traveled. She yeah. is well. Tra- one of your future trips coming up. Mm-hmm. 
is to Amsterdam. By myself, actually. Which is very cool, by the way, because Gina just goes, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going. I wanted to go to the Tulip Festival, actually, since the pandemic 2020. I was sort of planning to go there. It happens during tulip season, which is the end of March to the, to the middle of May. And obviously that didn't happen during the pandemic. So my friends who I normally travel with just don't have an interest of going or they've been there before. And Charles is not. Like it's not high on his list. So I'm just like going to go by myself. So I'm headed there. I'm also going to do one day in Paris because I just love it there. And uh, also one day in Bruges, Belgium, because if I'm already over there, why not? And I don't know how to plan a trip without packing a million things into it. Jonesy and I went for London. Mm -hmm. First time inter traveling internationally. Got that bug quick. Loved it. We still get back, but COVID obviously shut it yeah. down. We were talking about either Germany mm -hmm. or Spain next. What do you recommend? Oh, well, I've only done... A little bit of time in Germany. I went to Berlin, which was amazing, especially if you're a history buff, a okay. World War II history buff. There's a, a lot to, a lot to see. I'm not sure if I should make this determination about what I know you're willing to eat. So maybe I which should. Which is not much. I think you'll probably be easier time in Germany than Spain okay. for eating. But Spain, your eating habits come up a lot on this <laughs> podcast. Everybody knows. <laughs> it's a very big determining factor. It really is. Well, also there's the you know it's also when you're going to go too. There's also the beer factor. They have good yes. beer in Germany. Spain was my first international trip. So I actually didn't travel international. Well, internationally, uh, that wasn't a cruise or some kind of island nation. My first international trip was Charles and I went on our honeymoon to Spain. So um, that was only about 12 years ago. So I've covered a lot of ground in 12 years, but I love it because it was my first time in Europe and the Spanish culture is really interesting. I think the food's amazing. You might be okay. You're <laughs> just going to have to pack some goldfish. It's spaghetti or something. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, you, can, you can experience the culture just by eating, especially yeah, in Europe. Yeah, that's what I'm so, thinking. Yeah. I don't need to see like, you know, like I have my list of buildings. Dutch things I need to eat and I am a pretty adventurous eater, so I will try all the all the weird stuff. I am doing uh, the Heineken tour because you know can't you be in, can't yeah. be in Amsterdam and not have the, do the Heineken tour, even though I'm not a huge Heineken. Well, what Dutch food do you want to eat? Like, what's not um, here? Uh, Bitterballen. What I've also learned over time is that most um, food is just there's a lot of similarities between a lot of cultures. They just call it different things. So it's like mini meatballs that are fried. Oh, oh I love mini meatballs. Yeah. I want to be fine there. Yeah. <laughs> See, you, <you're> fine <laughs> Look at this. I already love Germany. She didn't invite you. I know. So yeah, that's that's kind of the thing I want to eat there. Obviously cheese. They're known, known for their Gouda cheese. I'm doing a cheese tour. Wait, can you eat a fried meatball? Aren't you gluten free? Oh, see, that's the that's the, the really oh mild. good question. Yeah, <laughs> I am gluten free, but that is the reason I like to go to Europe because I can eat whatever I want in Europe. So the way they process their this is a whole another this is a whole another podcast, but <laughs> the way they process their wheat um, in Europe is actually completely different than how we do it. What they what we do here is illegal in Europe. Um, a lot of the additives that we add to our um, foods are illegal in Europe, so it doesn't bother me in Europe. So, that is fascinating. So like I will go to Paris and everyone's like, you just went to Paris like five months ago. Why are you going back? And one is I love the city. You're but like, I'd like a loaf of bread. I am. I'm, <laughs> yeah. just, I'm seriously like the first stop is going to be like a baguette and mm -hmm. a croissant. And then, you know, I'll try to walk it off maybe. But yeah, that's that's kind of one of the reasons I love going to Europe too is because I can eat whatever I want. I don't feel like I'm um, stuck to not eating gluten-free bread. That's, wow. Yeah. That'd be hard. Why would you even live in America if you could eat gluten yeah. other places? Well, this goes uh, yeah. back to my career. I got 13 years to go, and then maybe I won't. <laughs> all right, yeah. fair enough. You'll be eating cheese and, and all the gluten you want. I know. Yeah. Well, it's besides a... traveling, you do you do other things. I mean, let's. Gina's more than an RV and traveling. Although we could talk to you probably for days and days about yeah. your travel, oh, yeah. but we you can come also, back into a, a travel podcast. Yeah, you're also a, a yogi. You yeah, have so your own I nonprofit, right? Yep. So I I teach yoga. Um, I've been teaching yoga for about five years practicing for about seven years um actually started doing it because of my other 
uh, hobby, running, as Rob talked about a little earlier. I'm, I'm a terrible stretcher. So when I can do organized stretching in the form of yoga, um, that's when I do it. So um, I've been teaching for, for several years now um, during the pandemic. A lot happened during the pandemic, but I kind of feel like I'm glad I made use of that time yeah, you did. <laughs> when I couldn't go anywhere. I did too much. <laughs> I didn't do it either. I kind of lost that time. <laughs> but I started a nonprofit it's called the Courageous Warrior Coalition. You can Google it. Go to our website, CourageousWarriorCoalition.org, also on all the social media and in on YouTube. But we are an organization that brings yoga and mindfulness to first responders. And then during the pandemic, uh, extending that to frontline workers because doctors and nurses, especially in like the ERs, were so taxed and stressed dealing with all of the um, the patients that were coming in that were that were sick so it brings we have um free classes online on our youtube channel um everything from like five minute meditations to 30 60 minute yoga classes yoga classes targeting different parts of the body like some people like i sit a lot during the day so we have classes like they just get up in like 10 minutes stretch your um stretch your back stretch your legs so you're not you know so tight from sitting in in front of a computer all day we now are looking to go more in in person and try to bring different classes and opportunities to police and fire departments as well as community organizations um, so that we can ex extend our, our reach. But once again, it was a kind of a good thing that happened yeah. starting this during the pandemic because I never even thought when I had this idea, I never even thought do virtual online right. Zoom classes. And that obviously was a thing and the only thing that we could do back then. So now we can reach you know, people across the world with our organization, not just people in the South Jersey area, or we have some some members of our organization who live in New York and who live in Tennessee, and they can bring it to those areas. But now we have an ability to bring it to people everywhere. And so yeah, we're just kind of we're kind of learning our way. Uh, it's definitely a lot more work running a nonprofit than I thought Not that I didn't think it would be hard work, but it's basically like running a, a business. So I try to squeeze in as much of uh, time as I can, you know, donating my time and energy and efforts to that. But it is a work in progress. Um, and, you know, we have we have opportunities for board positions. We have opportunities for additional yoga instructors or mindfulness instructors. So if anyone listening is involved in those areas or wants to just give back, um, we currently have a secretary position open for the board, which is just basically just taking notes during our meetings several times a year. Um, it's a great way to give back. And it's something that I'm really, really proud of um, that I was able to, to, to finally put into fruition. And so I just hope it grows. And it's a lot of work, though. <laughs> but it fits in well for people with busy schedules, right? Because they're coming home. They don't have to actually physically go to a yoga right. studio. They can just fire Correct. up their computer right. and, do and it that way. You know, we, we gear our classes towards first responders and frontline workers. But, like, you know, they're free classes on YouTube. Like, we want, if we can just bring yoga and mindfulness to anybody, we're not sitting there, like, you know, looking for IDs or whatnot. We just want to, we, we focus our, our marketing and our, um, our, our classes and our themes of our classes on first responders and frontline workers. But really, it's for anybody. And it's for families, too. Because a lot of times, people working shift work who are often working those crazy schedules um, in those, those lines of work come home and they, like, need to decompress and they need to do something to relax. But also, they want to spend time with their family. So these are kind of classes that are are accessible for you know kids can join in and spouses and um you know that's it, it actually ended up working great we are able to do this online platform but i would love to do some more in-person stuff so if anyone listening also has a you know has a contact with a police or fire department or um you know uh, a hospital organization would like to um to uh, have me help, you know, come teach a, a class or two, I would be happy to do that. And then, of course, the tie-in to Rowan is I do the annual poses with profs alumni event, um, which has been in both June and September over the year, last five years, I think. Have we yeah. done it about five years? Yes, yeah, it existed pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, so it's been a while. 
And um, so that's a great opportunity for me to teach a, a class to alumni and friends of the university. So, um, and what's better than like doing yoga on bun screen? Yeah, it's <sighs> it's a beautiful scenery. Uh, last year we had the fire alarm going off at buns for most of the class. <laughs> well, that's what is the fire alarms in our heads? <laughs> I don't so know. wow. But I'm like I just said, you know, this is a good this is a good practice in mindfulness. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's for first responders, so they were, that's the way to attract them that way. I need yeah. some of that. I get overstimulated when there's like a lot of noises at home. I was saying this to one of my classes the other day. You, we call it a yoga practice for a reason. It's a practice. Like you're not going to be able to do all the poses right away. And sometimes you can do them one day and you can't do them the other just because your body is feeling different. And same thing with mindfulness. Like sometimes I'm really good at it, blocking it out. I'm really good at concentrating. And other times I am kind of like this morning, I'm like all over the place and I need to just kind of you know, chill out and, and do like a five minute meditation, which I probably will end up doing today before before I, I finish out my day. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it definitely something that is learned. Um, and we, like I said, we'll offer it to everyone. So feel free to go. I'm going to hop on the next. Class. Why not? <laughs> you could do it. So of your Broadway show experience, right? Let's mm-hmm. just go there because you love the Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. I do. Favorite Broadway show? Like what, what's one like if somebody said like, all right, you're gonna be locked in the room for the rest of your life, and you have to listen to this soundtrack. So this like, mm-hmm. soundtrack, like, what, what? Which one you pick? Oh, it's 100% Rent. I don't even have to think about that. Really? Yeah, Rent. Is that still out though? Is Rent still? A thing? No, it's not no. still on. Not, not still on Broadway. I mean, it's had a couple of revivals, but Rent was probably. I started doing theater in high school. I did a lot of um, like backstage stuff, makeup, costumes, etc. And that was my sophomore year of high school. Is when that musical came out, 1996. And so it was. Um, it was kind of a coming of age musical at a time when I was coming of age. So it like kind of just stuck with me for some reason. And I've seen, that's the, definitely the one I've seen the most. I've probably seen it over 15 times in various iterations. Of course, I've seen the movies and the, um, the live uh, or not so live uh, TV special. Um, and I would still go back to that one. I would say that one, my second one was probably Cabaret only because that was the first musical I worked on in high school when I did makeup for that one. So that kind of also has a special. So for me, it's more about sentimental sentimental shows i of course i love hamilton that's a, a great show so kind of a coming of age musical in itself too with lynn manuel miranda the creator of that show like really um took on a whole new a whole new way we see broadway shows and the way we cast um in broadway shows um and uh six is my new favorite so i saw that i've heard music from that before but i haven't seen it have you seen it i've seen it twice i saw it once on broadway um in like august or september and then i saw it on a cruise ship as well so and the production on the cruise ship was just as good as broadway so that's saying something but it was um it's it's just a fun show. It's like, you know, the feminist to me really likes that show because it it's basically just to give the listeners a a background. It talks about the six wives of Henry VIII. So like, you know, it, you always hear his story and his side, and you know, of course, you know Anne Boleyn and got beheaded and all these things. But it, he they kind of spoiler alert. I know, well, <laughs> hopefully, someone remembers something like that from high school. I don't know high school uh, history class. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but oh, well, now you guys can just go Google this when we're when we're done. But it talks about it from their perspective and kind of gives the power back to the women. So I, I really like that aspect of it. Plus, it's just a fun show. Um, and so uh, I do play that on the Sunday Sounds of Music. So maybe, now, will you only go? Will you go shows only in New York City, or will you do Philly? Oh no, no, I do. I do. I will go to Philly. Um, we a lot of times it's been a little harder since the pandemic. You know, the theaters hurt a lot for the three last three years because of the restrictions they had with having so so many rules written regulations regarding patrons, but. Um, uh, a lot of times we do get, we do give away sh- tickets to shows on the Sunday Sounds of Music, and I get to see a lot of those shows um, and talk about them as well to get my my listeners excited. So I see a lot of a lot of Philly shows. I actually probably see definitely see more Philly 
shows than I do New York. It's harder to get to New York, obviously. I'm, you know, 25 minutes away from Philly and I have to take a train and everything, go to go to New York. But um, I enjoy them both. And I've enjoyed some really good, there's been some really good local theater that I've gotten to see over the years as well. What advice do you have for Rowan students now, now that you're in the, the adjunct professor role and alumni board president and you have a lot of Rowan history? Mm-hmm. What's some advice you have for current students? Uh, the one piece of advice I, I give to all the students I interact with, whether it's on in my classes or on an event based, you know, as coming back as an alumni or even just, you know, relatives of mine who are, are now college students is to get involved and do as many internships and experiences as you can. Because um, and I was saying this actually to my scholarship recipient yeah. the other the other night is um, sometimes doing an internship doesn't necessarily tell you what you want to do but it does tells you what you don't want to do and I had I had three internships when I was here um, two in the law and justice realm and one in the communications realm and it taught me a lot about what I didn't want to do and I ended up working for an agency that I interned with and I know that it's harder now back then a lot of these internships offered either you know hourly rates or stipends for them and and so I did them past my required course time but really just try to get and you, you make connections there's so many people that I still talk to in my that I had you know contact with my internships and you meet people and that's how you find out about the jobs that's how you find out um when there's different opportunities going on um you know if if maybe different professional networks that you can join as well so um a lot of people want to be mentors. I just think a lot of people don't know how to be mentors. And sometimes it's on these the students' responsibility to sort of make those connections and um, show the alumni and also show, you know, the, their um, their internship coordinators and, and workers and stuff like, hey, I, I want to be mentored here. I want to find out more. I mean, Profs Connect is another great way to get involved and to find out, um, you know, about opportunities and, and to stick around with the Rowan community. But that would be my number one is to make those connections. And especially in a post-pandemic world, I, I know a lot of people like to do things over text and remotely now. And I and I, I think that's great. It allows us to have opportunities to do things we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. But also just getting meeting with people, having a cup of coffee or, you know, doing an event that's also a great way to really make an impact and I think sometimes we can do that a little more when we're in person so alumni you know we're always looking for people on the alumni board who want to serve in a capacity we also sometimes just need volunteers for events like you know the run for Rowan 5k or homecoming and you don't have to give a long commitment you can just commit your time for a day or two so look out for those opportunities as well I'm most impressed by her travels Jess I know. I'm really jealous tra- of all the travel. Isn't that cool? Wait, there's a difference between jealousy and envy. So yeah. jealous is like you feel like the person doesn't deserve it. I learned this because I thought it was important. And envy means that you're like jealous, but you're not, you're not like in a vicious way. So, so I'm envious. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm envious okay, of envious. all her travels because I think she's been so many amazing places. She just picks up and goes. Like they, you literally will be like texting her one day and she'll be in the state of new jersey the next day she's out in some other state i know she when we're going away um not really going away but we're going to see hamilton this weekend and i happened to mention and she was like oh here's three restaurants right near the theater that you can go to so like yeah i just i'm not that kind of person that's really like i like to travel but i could never do it as often or as independently as she does sometimes so i just think that that's a really a neat trait to have. What about you? Where are you going to go next? You know what? I love the I love Europe. 
Yeah. Right. So I mentioned before I mentioned uh, during the show that that I loved going to England. Mm -hmm. So I think trying to get back over there and I experience I think that Europe is just what people don't realize, I guess, is for the amount of money that they spend maybe down at the Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore is great. Right. Yeah. And I don't also, think we don't call it the Jersey Shore. Okay, well, the, the beach. <laughs> yeah, what do you call yeah. I don't. Okay, the, I mean that's the, what I call it. Maybe okay. people call it the Jersey Shore. The people of uh, maybe it's the Central Jersey people, but maybe the, the 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 money that they spend on like weekends down Wildwood, North Wildwood, yeah. Ocean City, you could easily take that money and go probably to Europe two or three times. Well, maybe not these days, but it's just so much cool. The, the, the international travel scene is so cool. We have many a lot of great stuff here, but. Get out of Jersey, will you? Oh, man. Wow. Um, what about, okay, so have you ever thought about going to Italy? Because you talked about wanting pasta when you travel, and I feel like we, you totally missed the boat. You need to go to Italy. I love Chef Boyardee, so I'd love to go there. <laughs> you know that. You know that. I would love to go to Italy. I'm sure that's exactly what all the <laughs> Italians no, listening I would to the show I would like definitely like to go anywhere over there, so it'd be, that'd, be, that'd be fun. I know. I'm, I look forward to the time when that's like back on the, the plate for, yeah. for us as like a couple and a family, but... Right now, it's it's not. So I just live vicariously through Gina and all the fun things that she's doing and just how she finds time to fit in volunteerism. Like, all, she's the most Rowan proud person I know. Like, when she left the studio, we sent her with a bunch of swag because some people in her office work, you know, or a Rowan alum. So she, like, you know, she's just like a little, like... Yeah, she's a great she's ambassador. She's like a little commercial. She is. <laughs> she's like a walking billboard. I know. She's such a great ambassador for the university. She just took a... a a thing of swag and you know we always she's always like hey i'm gonna be here and i'm gonna do this and i just we're so happy to have her she's been such an awesome alumni board president we've been really blessed to have her and we're sad that her term's coming to an end but if i know gina we're gonna see gina again on the board yeah i don't think she's going anywhere i don't think so either i think she'll roll off for a little bit take a break and i think we'll we'll see her again just another cool rowan alum we talked to on beyond the brown and gold You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand.